coming up. Breathe DDS. If you aren't already following him on social media, you need to go do it because he has been doing some very fun experiments on his own mouth uh, <laughs> that we're going to talk to you guys a lot about tonight. I'm sure you've gotten this before, but my doggy likes to do something similar. Like what's social yeah. about this stick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people use it as a chew stick. It has a lot of essential oils that are antibacterial, anti-plaque. Um, and when you, you brush with it, similar thing happens. And, uh, there's been actually a lot of research done on the stick and the oils inside it. Um, so it's not just like a random stick you can get out in your yard. It's a specific mm -hmm. species of tree. Its nickname is the toothbrush tree. Um, once mm -hmm. you get the bristles or like the inside of the stick wet, it kind of turns into like a soft paintbrush. Um, and you just like rub it on your teeth. Um, it's been used, uh, for thousands of years, essentially, uh, all across like equatorial, equatorial regions, North Africa, Middle East, India, it takes like 10, 15 minutes to like do a thorough cleaning. But then once I kind of got into the habit of just like using it once a day, 10 to 15 minutes, and like my teeth are pristine. I even did plaque disclosing solution one time to kind of mm. see like how well I can clean it off. And my teeth were super white afterwards, no pink. You bought part of a cow, like tons and tons and tons of meat and then all the organs and you're doing an experiment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm basically on what's called like an animal based diet and I got, you know, 325 pounds of beef products in my wow. freezer. So like I got, you know, steaks, hundred pounds of ground beef. Um, I got all the organs from the cow, four or five eggs, maybe six eggs with like a handful of liver. I'm solid for like the whole day until dinner time. One of the reasons why I eat liver is because it has vitamins A, D, and K, and it's kind of hard to get mm. vitamin K. There's only certain things that have vitamin K. For $3.99, I can get like basically a month's supply of like an ounce of liver a day almost. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe not because there's 16 ounces, so like a half ounce of liver per day. We want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through the 12th, 2023. It will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you, give you a chance to rest, relax, and network with others in our Munch Bunch family. We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. I'm your co-host, Megan Vanoy, with my favorite Mayo bestie, Kimi Nishimoto, Dr. Nick Kugler. Um, whose name you actually might recognize a little better on social media as Breathe DDS. Uh, Dr. Nick is based out of Washington. He has two practices, the Washington Center for Sleep in Bellevue, Washington, and also Cascade Integrative Dentistry in Seattle in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. So um, Dr. Nick, we're excited to talk to you um, for our listeners if you aren't already following him on social media, you need to go do it because he has been doing some very fun experiments on his own mouth uh, <laughs> that we're going to talk to you guys a lot about tonight. So, um, but before we do, Dr. Nick, you get to pick out of this cool pile Ooh. your card. All right. So I'm going to shuffle and you tell me when to stop. 
Stop. We almost got to the end. All right. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I like this one. Okay. So today's card is solidarity. All right. I respect the power of solidarity and look for opportunities to unleash it. When a loved one has to do something tough, I'll heed their often silent, but sometimes loud and whiny call and participate in the toughness with them. Everything is easier when a partner, a cohort, or a sidekick joins you. The only thing that's not easier is feeling resentment, which I suppose is the overall point. So solidarity, doing things together. So you're going to start together. brushing your teeth with a, as a, with a stick now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, I don't think I could do solidarity. I can't cheat on my Sonicare. <laughs> <laughs> you might be surprised i think once you start using it like I, it's it's definitely been my favorite i like it way more than a toothbrush <laughs> oh, okay. oh my gosh so dr yeah. nick you've been brushing your teeth with a stick that's right who would have thought a dentist <laughs> not not recommending flossing or brushing with the toothbrush or toothpaste i'm sure you've gotten this before but my doggy likes to do something similar like what's social yeah. about this stick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people use it as a chew stick. It has a lot of essential oils that are antibacterial, anti-plaque. Um, and when you, you brush with it, similar thing happens. And uh, there's been actually a lot of research done on the stick and the oils inside it. Um, so it's not just like a random stick you can get out in your yard. It's a specific mm -hmm. species of tree. Its nickname is the toothbrush tree. Um, once mm -hmm. you get the bristles or like the inside of the stick wet, it kind of turns into like a soft paintbrush. Um, and you just like rub it on your teeth. It's pretty cool. I think the the scientific name is like Salvadora Pisca, something like that. Yeah. And where would you find see. such a stick? So it's been used. Yeah, Salvadora Persica. Um, it's been used uh, for thousands of years, essentially, uh, all across like equatorial, equatorial regions, North Africa, Middle East, India. Um, it's pretty common. I've had a lot of people comment on Instagram from like the Middle East that they actually use it. I have a friend who's Palestinian and all of his mm -hmm. relatives have one at home that they use. Um, so it's a normal thing over there, but over here, no one has ever heard of it. Um, and mm -hmm. so I found out about it just by happenstance and started researching it. And there's been a lot of research to back up some of the cool claims that I'm making about this. And once I started using it at first, I was like, oh, this is all right. But takes like 10 15 minutes to like do a thorough cleaning but then once i kind of got into the habit of just like using it once a day 10 to 15 minutes and like my teeth are pristine i even did plaque disclosing solution one time to kind of mm. see like how well i can clean it off and my teeth were super white afterwards no pink mm. so it does work and um it's like mm. way softer than any soft toothbrush that you can get it's all natural. So I kind of like that, you know, you're not brushing with mm -hmm. plastic, which has its own issues of phthalates and just microplastics that can be endocrine disruptors. So, mm -hmm. you know, stick, just kind of like using things that are a little bit more, I guess, holistic or natural. Um, it's just kind of interesting to me since our world is mm -hmm. kind of filled with all of these microplastics that we are eating all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, do you remember a couple of years ago when I think it was Crest Pro Health? Had those little stupid balls. balls. Yeah. I'd be cleaning teeth and just like little balls would just be flying out of the sulcus. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I, back in my, back in my scalar days, I definitely like ran into several of those <laughs> too. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and actually, you know, we have, this must be like a, like PNW thing because 
um like we love that stuff out here you guys we love like we're super holistic out here in the northwest uh, because <laughs> also dr people Stacey, eat it up <laughs> dr stacy whitman who's been on our show before who's based in portland um who is you know izzy's dentist um she invented a compostable floss so um yeah oh, i cool. love i love that all of our northwest docs are like we're getting we're getting holistic we're going all in saving the environment. Yeah. If you've ever been to the Northwest, you guys, it's very green for a reason. Um, <laughs> okay. So you found this by happenstance, but how does one find this by happenstance? Like what, like how? <laughs> well, I, I've been reading a ton of uh, anthropology research and anthropology books. Mm-hmm. And it, it had mentioned it in one of the books. I can't remember what it was. So I just started looking into it. And then uh, I ended up finding like being able to buy them on Etsy of all places. Okay, um, that was going to be one of like, our questions. Yeah, you, yeah, so you can buy them on Etsy. You just search like Miswak, M-I-S-W-A-K, or you can search sometimes, I think in India, they're called a Neem, N-E-E-M. Um, I think it was like three bucks or two bucks for like a stick. Um, I'm still on the, the same stick that I started with January 1st. I still have, mm. that's not with me, but I, I still probably have, I started it with like maybe like, seven or eight inches and i'm still have like six inches to go five inches to go um i'll trim it every week or so as it gets more and more frayed i just kind of use scissors and trim it up a little bit um i like to keep it pretty short to get into all the cracks and crevices um one end is short one end is long because like when it's long it gets real soft and bushy like a paintbrush and can kind of paint it on my teeth a little bit so mm-hmm. it's pretty cheap um check Etsy. You could probably find them. No problem. Yeah. And does they, does it have a flavor? Um, so this is kind of someone else who I know, um, shout out to Spartan health, who I get mastic gum from. He had bought one as well. Um, I thought mine tasted a little bit bitter. Um, he didn't feel like his was very bitter. So it may have just been like, you know, whatever, you know, the, I don't know, not like manufacturing process, but like wherever it was being stored. It's, when I got mine, it kind of smelled like rose water. So they could have sprinkled rose water on it and that could have made it bitter. But considering it's like a stick and it's got oils and it's a plant, it wouldn't surprise me if it has like a natural bitter taste somewhat. Um, it's been less and less as I've used it. Um, but it's definitely like, it's not sweet, but it is has like a kind of just like a piney bitterness just slightly to it. But other than that, like it doesn't really have too much taste. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your hypothesis or like, what are you trying to prove with using your brushing sure. stick? Sure. So, uh, you know, part of it's the brushing stick. Part of it is chewing mastic gum, which has been shown to reduce um, bacteria associated with cavities and reduce plaque buildup on buccal surfaces of teeth. Um, what I am kind of pointing to is that diet is way more of an impact on your mouth and the oral health and health of your body than oral hygiene is. And I feel like there is actually an inverse relationship between diet and hygiene. So the better your diet, the more species appropriate your diet is, the less relevant hygiene becomes. The more processed foods and fake foods that you're eating, the more important hygiene becomes. And I kind of started thinking about this a little over a year ago when like, you know, I've, I've worked at a holistic office. I've worked at 
high-end cosmetic offices. I've kind of had like a pretty diverse background in terms of working at different dental offices to see different perspectives. But it was this one just normal general dentist office that basically had all of his patients on three-month cleaning cycles. Every patient he was selling um, some some sort of like mouth rinse that they had to use two or three times a day, special toothpaste that they also had to use and they had to buy it from him. And I just kind of felt like it was kind of a scam. Like, why are we disinfecting our mouths multiple times a day? Like, why? Like, is the, is the mouth just a naturally disease-ridden place? Like, it just kind of made me stop and think like, well, what are we doing here? Like, what is dentistry trying to do? What problems are we actually trying to solve? Are we actually helping people by stressing this amount of hygiene that you have to disinfect your mouth multiple times a day? Because it's basically what we're doing. I mean, fluoride is going to kill bacteria in your mouth. Mouthwash, alcohol mouthwash is going to kill all the bacteria in your mouth. Toothpaste, it's got fluoride. It's going to kill all the bacteria in your mouth. All these things that we do kind of just like destroy our microbiome. And, you know, I thought like, well, like, what if we just actually focus on like the foods that we're putting in our mouth in the first place, because Mm -hmm. our ancestors didn't actually have cavities. It was a very rare thing. And they even would like grind their teeth flat because the teeth was so, or the food was so tough. They would Mm -hmm. grind through their enamel, exposed dentin. They still would not get cavities. And, you know, about 10,000 years ago with the advent of agriculture and the cultivation of grains, there's a slight uptick in the fossil record of cavities occurring, but still at an extremely ro- low rate. And it's not until the last mm-hmm. couple hundred years that cavities actually become like a rampant problem in the overall population. So um, I was just like, well, you know, Weston Price went around the world and saw how all these people didn't have cavities. They had perfectly formed faces. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see similar things in studies that are done with modern day hunter gatherer tribes. Um, take a look at their diet. Like, the ones that don't trade or do much uh, trading with Western civilization. Um, you know, they've got pretty good oral hygiene. They have really good health, no chronic illnesses. So mm-hmm. what can we learn from them? What tools can we use from them to implement in our modern lives? It's not like we have to go and live like they lived 10,000 years ago or live like hunter gatherers do today. Um, but we can take principles that they use to stay healthy and implement that into our own lives. So, I basically was like, well, like, I kind of want to stop brushing my teeth altogether, but that seems a little extreme. So maybe I'll start (laughs) with like brushing with a stick um, and uh, start chewing some mastic gum and, uh, you know, just really focus on the food that I'm eating. Because I was also on like this two year health journey to kind of get my health back. I was like, you know, not feeling well. My hormones are all out of whack. So it was kind of this slow health journey where like on top of optimizing my hormones, I was also slowly fixing my diet, trying to like feel better, eating better food. And like, you can't really radically change stuff immediately, but if you make kind of like small changes over a period of time, you know, two years later, my diet is really great. I feel amazing every day. Like I don't need coffee. Um, You know, like the food that you eat should be making you feel good, not bad. And it should be allowing your body to kind of maintain itself it shouldn't be causing your body to deteriorate. I mean, our teeth are made to withstand like a million years in the dirt when you can go dig up a fossil and it's like, well, these teeth are still here, but then you have other people where their teeth don't last like even a couple of years, they get melted away by, Mm -hmm. it's not brush. It's not a lack of brushing and flossing. It's because of the foods Mm -hmm. that we're eating. So, um, 
I, you know, I just was like, well, let's see what happens for 90 days. It's a short enough time period where, you know, if something is really wrong, my gums are definitely going to show that first, you know, it takes maybe six months to get a cavity, but like, maybe I'll get an incipient cavity somewhere, you know, within three months, if I take an x-ray, but the gums, at least I thought would be a pretty quick, easy way to assess oral health. And so far, um, I've, you know, I probed myself, I had my hygienist do a 10 week checkup on me. Um, virtually no bleeding, I have no calculus buildup. Um, my gums are firm, they're pink. It's like, it looks like I've been brushing my teeth, but like, swear to God, like I've been using the stick every day. And like, if you know me personally, go and ask any of my, uh, any of my friends, it, this type of experiment is like par for the course for me. So that's kind of how <laughs> I got into uh, just brushing my teeth with a stick. Yeah. Are you tongue scraping <laughs> too? No. Okay. So just the, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go back to what you touched on about the microbiome and maybe why we need to reframe that because traditionally in dental, it's like you brush, you floss, use mouthwash and mouthwash is like this cherry on top, the sprinkles on top of the ice cream. But now there's more research showing that this may be not the best um, as far as like what it does to the microbiome and also what it does to blood pressure. Can you share with us what you yep. know about that? Totally. I mean, like we're learning every day, like the bacteria within our bodies have all these other effects that we have no idea with. Um, I mean, we have more bacteria inside our bodies than we have of our own cells that make up our entire body. So it's kind of wild. And I mean, it's not just like our mouth, like our mouth is actually just one part of like our digestive tract It's the first thing. And so the bacteria in our mouth travel up and down our esophagus they you know are in our gut and then you kind of get into like well there's like a gut brain axis depending on them your microbiome in your gut it can affect you know are, are you feeling happy or sad or you know different mood indicators um so like if you're just like totally sterilizing your mouth all the time like if you're not eating a good diet then a lot of the bad bacteria are going to rapidly fill in that that void or vacuum of like lack of bacteria and then you're going to consistently have all of these problems it's always going to be an uphill battle yeah yeah i know it's crazy how much like you know we talk about processed foods and like you know how much things have shifted but then also how much like people like we've shifted as you know especially western culture to a much more sick culture right like we spend more time being sick or like deteriorating, you know, our healthcare system is for when you're sick, not to prevent you from getting sick. Yeah. I mean, it's great at treating like acute issues, but then anything else is just like a management of chronic illness. And, you know, like within my sleep practice, one thing I try to stress to patients is that like I'm approaching sleep apnea from a rehabilitative standpoint and not everyone will be able to, rehabilitate themselves on sleep apnea. I mean, it's a very multifaceted disorder, but there are a lot of modifying factors that come along with traditional Western lifestyle, Western diet that you can slowly fix um, in order to kind of improve the condition. Same thing goes with dentistry. You don't have to radically change things. You don't have to have four or five different habits to clean out your mouth every day. But if you just focus on fine tuning your diet, given the right guidelines, 
it shouldn't be that difficult that you're running into like, you know, rampant, rampant cavities and gum issues all the time. Mm. <clears throat> Granted, you breathe through your nose, right? Because that's a big factor with totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. if you're breathing through your mouth, you're going to have like, you know, gingivitis, you're going to dry your mouth out when you dry your mouth out. The saliva isn't there to kind of buffer your mouth. And then you're going to have also bad bacteria take over. Um, that's not good. So you want to make sure that your mouth is closed so that you have a lot of saliva because your saliva actually provides a function. It breaks down some foods and it also keeps your mouth clean and it helps to, um, uh, you know, buffer your teeth and help slightly remineralize your teeth. So like you want to have a nice, wet, moist mouth. Hmm. Okay, we want to introduce this spot for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages 2 to 5 for Mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue tie healing protocols, and then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene and Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, the course is 297 and the link will be in the description. So you are also on an experiment. I think this is what made your Instagram like blow up too. You bought part of a cow, like tons and tons and tons of meat and then all the organs and you're doing an experiment uh, with that as well. So tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm I'm basically on what's called like an animal-based diet where everything is kind of based on, at least for, for me, it's based on this cow that I purchased uh, from a farmer. Um, so I basically just cold called around. I tried to find any sort of farm that had a website that mentioned that they sell cows. Um, it took a little time, but then I connected with someone. He connected me with a farmer who actually had a cow available. Um, and so right around Christmas and New Year's, um, they slaughtered the cow. The farmer took half for his family. I took the other half for my family. Um, and I got you know, 325 pounds of beef products in my wow. freezer. So like I got, you know, steaks, hundred pounds of ground beef. Um, I got all the organs from the cow. Um, and this is a, this is like the highest quality beef you can get. It's grass fed, grass finished. Um, it's been raised and it's lived, you know, just 15 minutes from my house in a Valley. Um, so it's just, you know, it's very local. It's very sustainable. Um, it's kind of like the most organic you can get. And it is phenomenal. Like I'm addicted to it. It tastes so good. There's so much flavor. Um, it tastes way different than the beef that you would buy at the store. Um, and since we've been eating that, like basically every single day, um, we've gotten really used to the flavor to the extent that like every once in a while we would forget to thaw some meat out for dinner. And so I would stop by Costco on my way home to pick up some uh, steaks and we would go home and cook the ribeye. And, you know, these, even though it's like a choice or a prime grade ribeye, you eat it and it just tastes so plain. Like there's no flavor to it. It's kind of funny. Like I used to like love these. It's like my favorite, you know, give me like a choice or a prime ribeye from Costco, go to town on it. Mm -hmm. But now it's like I eat it and I'm like, where's all the flavor? So, um, you know, it, it's just like very natural. It's um, really organic and it's it's incredibly healthy. Um because it's only eating grass, it gets a lot of extra vitamins that you don't get from grain fed cows. Um, so higher mm. in omega threes, higher in vitamin K. Um, and so, you know, eating that, giving it to my family, especially my kids, making sure that they get vitamin K for facial development um, has just been like kind of important for me. 
um, given like my background and kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, it's just kind of been like a really cool thing. And like, now I'm totally hooked. Like mm -hmm. I can't, I, I don't want to go buy beef at the grocery store. Um, I've connected with this farmer and actually like earlier this week, they slaughtered a pig for me. So, um, hopefully this weekend I'm going to go pick up like a whole pig. Um, and then I'll have like, uh, I think I got like 225 pounds of, uh, pork coming in. So <laughs> wow. between that and the rest of the cow, I mean, we're like halfway through the cow already. We've probably eaten mm -hmm. like 150 pounds so far, um, in the last two and a half months. Wow. Um, so wow. it's like the basis of our diet. And then, um, you know, that just leaves like a little bit for like high quality carbohydrates, like fruits, some vegetables. And then the only really carbs I'll eat are like basic carbs would be like maybe one cup of rice in a day or every once in a while I'll have like hamburger buns, but I'll make it, a, I'll make it like a double or a triple. So I have like way more like to bread ratio. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, a dream situation for a man's diet triple cheeseburgers <laughs> there you go now, i want to know you are doing something with the organs like you're really interested in the organs now too right oh totally i mean the organs are the most nutritious part and it's funny because like in america no one really eats organs the closest thing they have is like their grandma may have made liver and onions once upon a time um, but for the most part, organ meat is like absent from the American diet. You might get like chicken pate or something like that at a restaurant. But um, like my wife is from Japan and they eat liver all the time over there. They eat um, a lot of organ meats um, in other parts of the world. You know, they eat organ meats. But in the Western diet, it's just like you say any like kidney or liver, whatever the organ is, it's like just like revolting. Like you, everyone gives you this face of like, ugh. <laughs> um, yeah. and I can't blame them. Like it, it really doesn't taste that great when you start eating it. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is like for the first three to six months of eating liver every day, like I was almost gagging trying to eat it, but it made me feel really good. So I kind of stuck it out. And then between basically between just like forcing myself to eat it every day. And then with the grass fed beef that I have, um, I really like almost don't even taste it anymore. Like there is no flavor. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I've gotten used to it. Like it actually tastes similar to like egg yolks to me. And because of the flavor of the grass fed beef, it's like kind of has this more bloody taste to it. Um, I just don't taste it anymore. And I just think it's funny because I've spent my entire life trying to force myself to eat broccoli and I still hate broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Not the crunchy vegetable. So maybe it's all my head, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We all, we all have preferences. Preferences are okay. Um, okay. So have you been like monitoring and like writing down all of your experiments? Do you have a list of what you're going to take on next? Like what's your next experiment? Well, uh, you know, like this, this toothbrush thing was supposed to be 90 days, but I actually like it so much. And like my diet has been so clean and like I've lost, I think close to 20 pounds uh, mm. since the beginning of the year um wow. that like I'm probably just gonna keep going like I feel like like I eat like a lot of food it feels like but I keep losing weight um I promise I'm not getting food poisoning and just like you know <laughs> losing a bunch of like water weight but um you know like the, the one of the other things that I always consider with this experiment and with you know oral health and overall health is the frequency that you're eating food and one of the issues that I see all the time mm -hmm. is that like 
patients that are eating bread all the time and they're kind of on this roller coaster of, you know, they eat carbs, they get physically full from eating a lot of carbs, um, blood sugar spikes, insulin, you know, takes it down. And then like, you know, you get hungry half hour later and you're kind of on this roller coaster of constantly eating food all day um, versus like if you're eating high quality, like protein and fat, it actually activates um, your satiety hormones to trigger your brain to say, hey, you are actually full because you have met the needs of your body in like a really physiological way. Like you don't have to eat until you are physically so full you can't eat anymore. You just eat until your hormones get triggered. And, you know, if you eat like, like my breakfast is like liver and eggs over easy. Every once in a while, if I'm really hungry, I'll have like a sweet potato. Um, but pretty much like, you know, four or five eggs, maybe six eggs with like a handful of liver. I'm solid for like the whole day until dinner time. I'll eat like an apple or a banana for lunch. Um, but apart from that, like if you're not constantly exposing your teeth to food, your body can maintain itself a lot better versus if you're eating three meals a day and snacking in between there, your mouth is constantly coated in food and most likely carbs, but it's just constantly coated in this stuff and it's not going to have a chance to basically, um, you know, remineralize itself, a chance to just kind of like clean itself and get back to like ground zero, just kind of stabilize equilibrium. It's just constantly trying to fight off all this incoming food. So frequency has been good because, you know, eating a high protein diet, you just don't have to eat as frequently. And so then that leads to just less stuff in your mouth that can potentially cause oral mm -hmm. problems. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I haven't shared this before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb now. I had liposuction Ooh. six months ago, <laughs> and no uh, on my stomach, I love it. Highly recommend. Um, <laughs> I did it when I was in Turkey, but um, I had learned that your fat cells secrete hormones. So even if you lose weight, sometimes it's hard to actually keep the weight off because of those fat cells trying to survive. Um, so once I had the liposuction yep. and I didn't have those fat cells in my body anymore, I felt less inclined to eat those full three meals a day and then was able to taper down and like mm -hmm. be more effective at intermittent fasting. And it's been fascinating because I just don't mm -hmm. have as strong of a hunger urge anymore. And I really didn't think that it would affect me very much because I mean, it only was like, I think they took out two, two pounds of fat or something off my belly. So it wasn't significant, but it made mm -hmm. a big difference in my, I think my hormone, my, or, nice. my eating urges. Yeah. And you know, we, I guess like one of the other things I stress the patient in that respect is like, you know, changing our relationship with food, like just asking a simple question as to like, why, why do you eat food? And like, even if you're like sitting on the couch about to dig into some potato chips, like, why are you eating this? And a lot of times it's like, well, I'm bored and I'm kind of hungry. And it's almost like food has become entertainment. I mean, people have mm -hmm. entire social media accounts dedicated to taking pictures of food or eating like really fun and delicious foods. But like a hundred years ago, you just needed some food so you could survive until, you know, the next day, like, uh, food was much harder to come by unless you were extremely wealthy. And now that the, now that we have all of this like extremely caloric, dense, low quality food available for like you know pennies in the dollar, um, you know it's really easy to just kind of go overboard in terms of like your caloric needs, your you know how frequently you're going to eat stuff, and then 
it basically just kind of turns into like, well, I'm bored. I might as well eat something. Mm -hmm. Um, so you said that you were studying a lot about, uh, anthropology and things like that. What do you think, if you had to guess, um, what do you think that we are deficient in from a nutrition standpoint, um, that maybe our ancestors have that we don't? So I, I think like the most basic thing is like, they've just had like no processing to their food. Like they would have to go out and like, I mean, if you're talking a, a long time ago, like you would have to like go and find your food and kill it. And like, uh, uh, I mean, there's like a limiting factor for like how much food you can actually eat in a certain period of time. Right. It's like, well, you know, the hunting party is going to go out for like a week and hopefully they find something. And when they do find it, well, now we have to like physically cut it up. We have to carry all of that back to camp. And then there's only so much to go around. And there's only so many times you all can like go do that within a short period of time. And on top of that, like there's only so many, you know, a lot of um, hunter gatherers will find tubers or like potato family, sweet potatoes that are in the ground. Um, you know, it would like, you don't have an oven or a microwave or a stove to cook this on. Like you have to physically make something that's going to create fire um so your resources are incredibly limited so there's a limiting factor of just what's available to you i mean it's almost like playing minecraft like well you start with like a pickaxe and you're just going to run around and like hit things and then hopefully at some point you can make something um but uh it's just like very limiting versus like okay you know you can walk down the street to the convenience store and pick up like a whole bag of stuff for like 10 bucks And you could, I mean, based on the calories and that stuff, you could probably live off of it for like, you know, a week. Um, but, you know, the food that they did find, it's not like it was extremely caloric dense. Like the most caloric dense thing would be, you know, meat from the animal. Um, you know, that's about it. Like, you know, the, the greens and plants that you find, like, are not super calorically dense. Um, maybe if you find some honey. Um, which is really prized by hunter-gatherers, like, that's pretty caloric dense because it's just sugar. Um, but for the most part, like, if you just go out into the forest, like, if I just started to go on a hike out here outside Seattle, like, okay, now I have to survive. Like, what am I going to go find? How long is it going to take me? Like, it's going to take quite a bit, and I'm going to expend a lot of energy in order to mm -hmm. capture that food. And you're probably spending, you know, more energy than you are getting it back just to sustain yourself. Mm -hmm. um yeah, wild. do you think like i've heard what is it i think it's vitamin k that they say is a big factor with jaw right. growth what is your yep. uh, research taught you about vitamin k and vitamin d as far as jaw growth yeah so like vitamin k there was a really interesting study i did a video on this um about um vitamin k is responsible for the growth of like the mid face um and the mm -hmm. nasal septum and So having a lack of that or, you know, in the study, they had these rats and they they uh, bred some with like a knockout gene. So they knocked out the receptor that vitamin K activates for this matrix GLA protein, which is responsible for um, like delaying the calcification of this cartilage. And so without being able to use vitamin K to activate this protein, um, basically all of their noses calcified into bone from cartilage way quicker. So the rats ended up with very rounded short snouts, 
Uh, and they actually all died super young from atherosclerosis because the other issue is that like without vitamin K, like you can't regulate calcium very well within your body. And so um, in the, uh, the book, The Dental Diet um, by Stephen Lynn, he talks about um, the regulation system of vitamin A, D, and K and how all three of them work together to regulate calcium within the body. And so um, one of the reasons why I eat liver is because it has vitamins A, D, and K, and it's kind of hard to get mm. vitamin K. There's only certain things that have vitamin K, uh, you know, whether it's fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, um, uh, organ meats, um, grass-fed beef, because um, the grass has vitamin K in it. And so when it gets mm. eaten by the cow, it gets converted from vitamin K1 into vitamin K2. Um, you can get it from some like uh, cruciferous vegetables. Um, but the caveat with that is that you have to eat a lot of those because it's very difficult to break down plant matter compared to animal matter in your stomach. You have to mm -hmm. break through the cell wall um, and just the raw amount of material that, that you have to eat and whatever is bioavailable is just a little bit less uh, in plants. Um, plus, I just don't like vegetables, so I'm a little bit biased anyway. <laughs> um, but um you know, so th there are some ways to get vitamin K. Um, and that's like my son, he mm. loves frozen liver. Um, so like I give him little bites of liver. He's three. Um, he was tongue tied when he was younger and he already has like slight crowding. So the fact that he's like eating this liver is like fantastic. Um, so just make sure that he's mm. getting all of the right nutrients that give him the best chance to maintain like good facial growth. Hmm. <clears throat> Where do you get vitamin A from? So vitamin A, uh, like beta carotene, you can get it from colorful vegetables. Um, you can get it from liver, which has like an insane amount of vitamin A. Um, those are kind of like the main sources I would probably recommend for vitamin A. Um, but like mm. if you ever like look up, like go on Google and type in nutritional info for liver, like it literally looks like a monster energy drink. And that's why I say like when you like start eating it regularly, like you feel jacked every day. Like once you start eating it, like it is no joke, a ton of energy. It's like packed full of B vitamins, mm -hmm. vitamin A. It's like 900% like recommended daily value of vitamin A. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Now for like, okay. So first of all, obviously you need to become like the like PR spokesperson for liver. I think that should be your next like entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> That's already, liver, liver um, king's already there, I guess. But. <laughs> clearly not, clearly not. Um, but right. So like, let's say people wanted to try it, like liver is not necessarily like easy to find. Um, are there like encapsulated go to a butcher, shop. butcher shop? Okay. You're eating it like raw, like you do need to find a high quality source. Um, so I went to like, you know, a, a butcher shop and I asked them about like where they get their, uh, where they source their organs and their meat from. Um, I didn't want to just, you know, I'm not going to go to Walmart and buy like some liver and eat that raw, like probably get sick. Um, but you can definitely, there's plenty of, uh, options to buy like encapsulated organs, um, heart and soil ancestral supplements. Um, those are two of the, the major brands. And I actually used to use, um, heart and soil supplements, um, before I actually started just eating the liver and kidney myself. Wait, you eat it raw? Yeah. Yeah. Every morning How for breakfast, I just that? take a handful of liver and just like eat it raw. Oh, wow. Is it like sushi? I mean, I guess it's raw. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, like flavor wise, is it like sushi or what's it like? Uh, definitely, definitely not. I mean, it tastes like blood and it, like the texture is like sand and it's like, 
I mean, it's honestly you're probably like one of the grossest now. things you'll try. Yeah, it's you're, I mean, the it's, PR, it's you're not back easy. out, you're back out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy, but um, and why you know, not like, cook I mean, it in nature? Why not grill it? Uh, well, like one, like you could grill it, you could sear the outside of it, basically. Um, but like one that takes a lot of extra effort. Um, I would have to get an extra skillet out and like sear it for a few minutes on each side. Um, it would stink really bad. And then it like, it has like a, like you have to get used to the texture just raw, but then like, if you cook it, it's like really chewy. And mm. so I just think mm. like, it's just like way easier to just eat it raw. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you think of it more yeah. like a medicine almost. Oh, totally. It's my supplement. I mean, it's, I get, I, I was, before I got it, I got like a 20 pounds of liver from the cow, the cow that I uh, got slaughtered. Um, but before that, like, you know, liver's like, 399 a pound so at the butcher shop so like for 399 i can get like basically a month supply of like an ounce of liver a day almost like i mean yeah. maybe not because there's 16 ounces so like a half ounce of liver per day um and that's going to have like more more vitamins that are more bio bioavailable that's probably healthier for mm. you than like most supplements when the average cost of a supplement is like a dollar a day so mm. it's like for like yeah you know, 50 cents or 25 cents a day, I can get a really great natural source that's actually food versus like buying a supplement for a dollar a day. And like, you know, where are these things getting sourced from? Is it actually the contents the same as what's on the label? Because it's not really a regulated product. So there's kind of a lot of questions that come into play with like the whole supplement industry. But, oh. you know, if you're eating liver, like, you're eating liver and if it came from a grass-fed cow 15 minutes down the road from me it's probably pretty good okay next um instagram experiment i have an idea for you you make sure. little sushis for your raw liver i think you'll be a better spokesperson <laughs> for liver <laughs> okay yeah yeah i'll have to do something like that i'll get like a, a little piece <laughs> of liver make it cut it into like a shape of a sushi put yeah, it on yeah. some rice mm -hmm. just yeah, yeah. yeah there you go yeah. And then yeah. tag us in it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I think I could try that. Smothered in, in my in my uh, sushi, soy sauce, and my wasabi. I would try that at least one time. <laughs> Give me the benefit. Yeah. I mean, my wife, my wife eats it sometimes and she really likes it with like a little bit of oil and salt. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've heard like in Japan, like it's pretty common to eat it with oil and salt um, raw. Mm. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. so are you ever going to go back to any other way of any way of life? Are you going to brush your teeth and stick forever? And what's the, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I was actually thinking about like doing a stint of like sleeping outside in a tent for like an extended period of time. For grounding? For grounding or for, for uh, what purpose? Well, I already, I already have, so I do have a grounded bed sheet, which I would highly recommend. I I feel like I get deeper sleep with it. Um, but there's like this, this, um, issue of like temperature regulation where our bodies, um, actually, you know, the, the, our body core to body temperature goes down throughout the night, just like, um, the temperature outside. And so, um, basically like, I mean, I, I read this interesting study that looked at, it tracked over the course of a year, these hunter gatherers in Africa, um, actually it was Africa and two, two tribes in Africa, one tribe in South America. And, um, like they didn't even have a word in their language for like insomnia and like the, no one had any sleep issues and like they tracked their sleep. Um, they did like sleep tests. They, you know, did surveys and questionnaires and like 
nobody had any chronic sleep issues. And like, you know, they're all sleeping outside. They're all moving every day. They're all, you know, they don't have any chronic health issues. Um, but it just kind of made me think like, okay, well, like, um, you know, their sleep pattern changes with the seasons. Like they sleep on average one hour longer in the winters than they do in the summers. Mm. Um, and then they are sleeping outside. So they're exposed to that temperature change way more drastically than, you know, we're in a temperature controlled environment. That's just 70 degrees all the time. Um, and that can cause issues with, you know, your core body temperature regulation and while you sleep. And, um, mm. So I had thought of like, you know, maybe I should leave, I should, I like, maybe I should just like sleep with my window open um, or like, and it's, it's kind of this weird thing where, you know, Pacific Northwest, everyone likes to go camping and stuff. And it's this weird thing where that I've always noticed that when I go camping, um, it, I know you never actually like think that you are going to get good sleep, but then you wake up feeling like so freaking refreshed and just like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I think a big part of it potentially is just like, it gets really cold at night and your body is able to kind of like deal with that coldness and uh, it kind of helps just regulate your body temperature a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Last time I went camping, I did not sleep that well because we heard rustling outside and my fiance goes, <laughs> there's a moose in the camp. Don't make any sounds or it might charge the tent and we'll die. And then passed out two minutes later. So I was like laying there for like an hour, like scared to death, trying not to breathe. And eventually I was like, you know what, if I get trampled, I'll already be asleep. So maybe I won't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably uh, won't be able to sleep either. I'm so, I'm a bad PNW girl because like mm, camping and Megan, I'm like, why do I have to yeah. pack so much stuff to sleep outside? Uh, there's a lot um, of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. But I'm just saying. Anyways, that's a different rant for a different day, you guys. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of different like ideas a lot of different like things that you like to do do you have kind of like a guide of your favorite things or like a list of things that you like have used that you really like like we briefly mentioned grounding sheets we briefly we talked about the different supplements that you previously used we talked about like where to find deliver the etsy like do you have like a dr yeah. nick's ancestral guide to live in in the future it, apparently it's forthcoming <laughs> I already named. I already named it for you because I'm yeah. your PR person. Um, I think that would be cool. Mm -hmm. I think I think it would be. I think people would like it. So you know, start listing cool. it out. We'll link it up. We'll link it in your episode. Um, so if people want to awesome. find you on social media, I know I've already we've already dropped your handle, but are you mostly on Instagram? Or are you other places besides Instagram? Instagram. Uh, I am considering starting a YouTube channel, which I will probably post about uh, once I do. Um, I'm in the middle of just kind of setting my new office up. And so I'm going to have like an office space that's kind of dedicated to making videos and reels and stuff like that. Um, so hoping to do some longer videos, it's, it's really hard because reels, I mean, you're limited to 90 seconds mm -hmm. and it, it kind of gets rid of all the nuance involved and you kind of have to do the clickbait, like, you know, extreme yeah. position because you only have 90, 60, 90 seconds to get your point across. Um, so I would like to spend more time kind of diving into the nuance of some of these topics. So. YouTube channel, possibly in the future. Um, but sure. for right now, breathe DDS, breathe underscore DDS um, on Instagram is where you can find me. Yes. And you can find Kimmy at mouth muscle memory. Um, you can find me at NWMFT. Um, also, you guys can find us in person um, in two places coming up this year. So we will be at Tequila and Tongue Ties um, April 21st and 22nd in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
And then we are also hosting our Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, uh, which Dr. Nick, you're definitely Ooh. invited to. You and your wife are more than invited. Sounds fun. Uh, we'll send you. We'll send you the info. Um, and you guys can check out the landing page for that. Um, we'll share that on our social medias as well. If that's something you're interested in joining us in person, um, battling through burnout, getting your businesses to the next level. We're really trying to create that in-person community that we know so many of you guys are craving. So come see us in Scottsdale or come see us in the Dominican Republic or come see us in both. So, um, all right, Dr. Nick, we are so happy to have you on the show. We're excited. Thank to you for having me. It was great chatting. See the experiments continue. So, all right, you guys, we'll see you all soon. Cool. Thank you so much.